With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Afternoon, gentlemen, evening, gentlemen, whatever part of the world that you're in, or morning, gentlemen and ladies. I'm being very presumptuous here, number one, that it's afternoon, morning, or evening, first of all. So basically, good whatever time it is to whatever gender you are, people, and welcome to For the Love of Bomograph podcast. And, uh, I, I thought you turned into Jim Carrey there. <laughs> good afternoon, good morning, and good night. Good morning. In the case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> <laughs> the Truman Show, good show. Yeah, it feels like geez, it feels like we're living in the Truman Show at the moment, but you know, with all the with everything that's going on, yeah, uh, just feels like it is. It is a TV show, and it feels like fucking Monday night was a TV show too, as well for some people because there was a well, it was a TV incidentally that did us in, and we'll get onto that and we'll talk about that uh, that later on. But um, we did leave it specifically until Wednesday because. Um, Look, there's 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 iron, there's angst, and there's there's vitriol, and there's anger, and there's piss and vinegar that can come out. And just look, we're still going to have enough for it, I think, tonight. Uh, that, but if I, I know for a fact, if I was to come on Monday evening, and my seven Paddy were talking about we were contemplating coming on Monday evening directly after the game, um, I just turned off my phone and I fucked it into the corner, and I uh, and I said, no, I just can't do this, can't do I, this. I found I, I found it pretty heartbreaking to be honest with you. Um, I have a feeling if we'd have gone live on uh, Monday night, we might have got a solicitor's letter from PGM Oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I'd, <clears throat> I'm wondering what I would have gotten rid of here that I would have hung it up in the wall. and I would have ignored it, but I would have framed it and put it up in the wall. I don't know whereabouts in the wall I would have put it yet, but no, I would have put it right there on the dartboard. <laughs> That's exactly where I would have put it. fired darts at it all day long. Um, <laughs> But yeah, look, look, as I say, I, 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 there's, 
you know, you have to come in, I suppose, from all sides, I suppose, when you're looking at something like that. And you know, it would it would have been pretty uh there would have been out of character things done, I and said I would imagine, uh on, on Monday night, because uh for the first time in a long, long time, as I say, I just turned off the phone. I didn't care what anyone else had to say say about the game. And it just was what it was, Paddy. And, and we're we're gonna spend time talking about it before we get on to, you know, what we hope we're going to be more um I suppose a more fruitful game at the weekend. Uh, there's a lot of positives to think about coming into the weekend, but Monday was just, it just, yeah, it was just a deadener, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I was talking to one of the guys today who who uh, watches the podcast, and I, I was trying to be honest with him and saying that I'm the most unlikely podcaster. I, I'm just here to keep you on the straight and narrow, Neil. And the reason I'm an unlikely the only reason I'm an unlikely podcaster is because of games like Monday night, because I'm I'm capable of losing my shit completely. And I would rather have gone out and, and lost 10-0 to Man United than lose the way we did. And I genuinely mean that. I would get over it quicker if we lost 10-0 than lose like that. I just it's it's just it's hard to describe, but like you you messaged me saying, turn off the phone, chat to you tomorrow. And I'm completely different. I'm lying there at three o'clock in the morning reading Twitter and getting even more annoyed because that's what I do. Mm. Having said that, I did I did a four beers watching the game and I realized I had to stop because it was a school night and I would have drank myself till three o'clock in the morning reading Twitter. <laughs> so I just went to bed, but I went to bed and read Twitter till three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, where do we start? It it is it's it's mad because like as they say, and, and this catharsis this the catharsis of a podcast and uh, uh you know it's uh, like it's it's very rare that i would get in that much of a mood and i consider it a mood last time last time ironically actually i was like that was after um it wasn't even after the rodri goal it was after it was and we said i said it before the game i said it before the game i said i'll never forget how bad i felt after the after Pogba left the training leg for the penalty against Douglas Louise mm. against United on the first of first of January last season, and yeah. our, our 2021, and uh, that was probably the last time I felt I felt I felt robbed, I felt defiled, whatever other kind of word that you could you, you could you could try and throw at it. Um, and look, people like there are a lot of people there that will hang their hat and say it was an absolute 100 correct decision. I don't think that anyone can say it was a hundred percent correct decision. I don't think anyone could can say it was an absolutely it was one hundred percent a ludicrous decision because there was only one angle looked at it. But what I can say is that if you're not one hundred percent certain it's the correct decision, you can't fucking give it. So, answer me this, Neil: Why did the referee Michael Oliver, who's supposed to be the best referee the UK has to offer, when the ball was in the back of the net and Cavani ran towards him, he shook his head and said no? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, at that stage, he was a hundred percent sure, or else he wouldn't have said that. You see, no, you I, know, there's a difference between a hundred percent sure and putting your hand up and telling someone to go away. He was a hundred percent sure that it wasn't. So that's what's really got me about it. That, and, yeah, and, and and I agree with that. And then I suppose, I, I, and look for preface right before this, I'm as pissed off as anyone. I'm going to play devil's advocate to a couple of points here. Okay, I'm going to do that. I don't wholly believe in some of these things. Full transparency. Um, I've had this out with a couple of people recently, and they turned around and they said, Yeah, but like like there's loads of times referees and linesmen are fully sure that people are off are onside, and then VR says they're offside, and that's what VR is for, VR is for when the referee gets something wrong. So 
But my point, my point to that was, can he for certain say that Jacob Ramsey would 100% changed and deviated from, deviated from anything he was doing and that Cavani could have got the ball? Like There were so many mitigating factors in it. That... I'll, I'll tell you exactly what happened, Neil. Edinson Cavani is a shithouse who can't fucking yep. run anymore and he ran straight into Jacob Ramsey looking for a foul. That's all that happened. Nothing else. Ramsey didn't move. There, there's a line there. It was shared in, in the, the law book or rule book or whatever the fucking gobshites want to call it. If if Ramsey doesn't move, it's not a foul. Ramsey doesn't move, so it's not a foul. So it, it was waved away by the referee and categorically said no into, into Cavani's face and then went and looked at it and gave it. They went through the full offside decisions. They went they went through Watkins offside. They went through Wings offside. They went through Ings. Uh, handball. How many times they slow it down to see that it touch his hand? That was ridiculous. It clearly then, comes off his tie. Like that you know, is that was ridiculous. And they one hundred percent went out of their way to find a reason not to give that goal. And nobody will convince me otherwise. Absolutely nobody. And if that's the case, they have now got to give a penalty for every single ball that goes into the box because it's happening everywhere. 100%. Pontus Janssen, you know. If he's attacking a corner or defending a corner, it's either a penalty every time or it's a free out. 100%. You watch. Every time Brentford play, we, we played him a few weeks ago. Douglas Louise was on him. He had his arms on Douglas Louise the minute the ball was kicked, either to pull him into him to try and draw a foul or push him out of the way. Every time. And nothing is ever done about it. It's never highlighted. Nobody says a word for some bloody reason. I don't know. Uh, I am I'm no okay, doubt in okay, my mind. What I'd say is, I'm okay with them with with them not highlighting it, highlighting it in all instances. But then for them for something like this, like my 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 bugbearer here is, I can guarantee you a million percent. Even if Edinson Cavani running back towards his own goal gets to Ezri Kanza, he isn't going to have a bull's notion where the ball is. And uh, do you know what? He isn't even going to be able to head the ball he's not, because he's not getting there anyway. He's a striker he's making a, he's a, he was a striker making a striker's run, not even a defensive run. He was making mm -hmm. a striker's run as if he was going to put it in the back post. That's what he yeah. was doing. I don't even think that like like the way he was even ah, look, this is this is completely another conspiracy, not, not conspiracy theory stuff, but this is kind of it's all conjecture. And the reason it's conjecture is because there's no one that, that can say there or that, that Jacob Ramsey completely deviated his run. We're back to the simple fact again that Mike we're back to the simple situation again that we were about what six six weeks ago. Michael Oliver went and looked at a, v at, at a video um screen against Leicester and was unsure of the rule. He made a determination with only sixty percent of the, with only sixty percent of the information, and for and whichever side of the coin it comes down on, you could say it was the right or the wrong, uh, wrong decision. So VAR is there to stop ambiguous things. This was wholly ambiguous. I think the the the, the um, Casper Schmeichel thing was wholly ambiguous as well in hindsight, and that is the issue. That's my biggest issue here. Unless it's one hundred percent, guess what? Unless it's one hundred percent clear and obvious. They even made a big deal out of it. They make a big deal out of it whenever they get a referee on to talk about stuff. They've even, and this is another thing, talk about conspiracy theories. I maintain they've, they've told referees to come on to discuss decisions to stop saying the words clear and obvious because everybody else in the world has picked up on the clear and obvious and is saying it wasn't clear and obvious. It never is. It never yeah. is clear and obvious when VAR no. gets, gets involved in it. And that's the problem. Four and yeah. a half minutes or whatever it is, three minutes, 45 seconds, three minutes, 50 seconds, depend whatever it was. That is like that is a very definition of unclear and unobvious. 100 percent 
hundred <laughs> percent. If you if it takes you three and a half minutes to find something wrong with a goal, it's not clear and obvious, <sighs> right? There was an incident. There was an incident with Harry Kane against Liverpool. Was it where uh, uh, Dermot Gallagher used the phrase uh, "out of control and off his feet"? Remember, we used to hear yes, that all yes, the time. Yes, yes, Every yeah, yeah. Dermot Gallagher almost retreated back into himself after saying it because that's obviously told. They've told the TV companies that's not the buzzword anymore because we can't do the England captain for being out of control and off his feet. But poor little Aston Villa will find a way of robbing them 100%. And look, I, I, I'd, I, would like, I would like to draw a line under the VAR issue because... That's, I was just about to say it. There's, there's, a lot, there's a lot more we can talk about in this game. And we're not, we're not going to go on to it too much because we can fucking talk about them again now coming up to the weekend. But yeah, we, we, do, we, we've, we do. We have a positive line to draw in the sand. Yeah. And, and it could yeah. be a doubly positive line tomorrow. I would imagine early tomorrow morning. I would say mm. people have your have your Twitter notification set. To and the, and the one thing, I, the one thing I will will say, there was 50, 58 or fifty nine minutes on the clock, and I, I said to my son, "If we score here, we'll get four. And I genuinely meant that. They were there for the taking. They were. We were 100%. absolutely. We were absolutely brilliant. That's the best game we played that we lost. Under Stephen Gerrard, we played for we played for the vast majority of the game on the front foot. We were the better side by far, and it's just unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. But look, there's lots there's lots of things, and I'm not going to let this one go either. If there's if there's no VAR at Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal, there's no fucking VAR against Man United for Aston Villa because and, uh, the conspiracy theorists, theorists, and I'm one of them. We'll, we'll check the draw and see that all five of the greedy six that are left in the FA Cup are all playing where? At home in the next round, where they have VAR. So <laughs> I won't go that can, far. As far as, saying, as far as I'm concerned, the FA do not do themselves any favours. They have shown that they are the poorest organisation at implementing VAR, and they just can't do it. So Mike Riley needs to step down and let somebody who's competent sort this out. Otherwise, why are we all going to football matches? Why is why is there fifteen thousand people waiting to come into Villa Park to be robbed? We can't we can't have football going the way it is. It's it's absolutely putrid on on the small guy. And you know what? The time will come where we won't be the small guy anymore. We've just bought the third third most expensive player in the world. It's time for us. It, you most. know, and I know Stephen Gerrard has a no no excuse policy. I think there'll come a time where he'll ha- where he'll have to point the finger at the idiots in Stockley Park and the idiot with the whistle and the idiot with the flag because that is what's wrong with the game. That is 100% what's wrong with the game. So I think I think about 90 seconds ago we were moving on from this. I know, so, and we, will, we will in a moment. I just realised I made a placard that I was going to hold up into the screen that, that basically uh, was uh, an expletive about VAR and I completely <laughs> left it inside in the house. Damn it! There you go. Oh well, ruined my prop for tonight. That was it. But anyway, let's move on. Let's draw a po- let's draw a line in the side. We have negativity on this side, literally, and we we have things to look forward to and positivity. Mm. And I think one of the most positive things we can look at is that soon to be Aston Villa's next signing, Lucas Dini is watching the podcast tonight. Lucas, welcome aboard. Yeah. <laughs> the banks are going what? to get it. While I completely agree <laughs> with him, that doesn't mean we have to put up with it. So no, 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 it doesn't. No, but the Manx uh, are going to get it on, on Saturday because Lucas is going to be able to affect the, the game on Saturday and uh, he's going to swing in a couple of them from that left-hand side, hopefully, um, if he starts or if he comes on. 
Um, but let's do. Let's look at some of the some of the comments here. You know, because it is. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting. We've had our monologues and soliloquies there, and it's interesting to see what everybody else thinks. And Ronan, good to see you, Ronan, and brilliant to hear you're going back over again on Saturday because uh, Ronan was over there for the Burnley game and it was cancelled. So uh, that one was a stinger, I'd say. No, but uh, I really want to stuff them as well, Ronan. And you're gone for four nil. Uh, Paddy said we would have beaten four one if we had scored uh, on Monday. So so let's hope we take that into it. John Steele, great to have you again, John. Uh, they went so far back on VAR. The goal was eventually ruled out for a fall by Frank Stapleton and Derek Mountfield. David Coote is the referee on Saturday. United season ticket holder. That is correct. That I don't know if he's season ticket holder, but his Facebook page is everything about Manchester United. Go figure. I thought you had to fill out a form and say that you were, what your allegiance was. I don't know. I suppose trooping on their all United fans, except for... Uh, except for um, Mike Riley, Mike who Oliver. is it, no, is it Mike Riley? Not Mike Riley, your man who's the Tremier fan. Mike Dean. Mike Dean. How, how could you forget that? Uh, well, because they all they all mold, mash into one big pile of shite, Paddy. That's what they do. That's all they see. <laughs> Macadamia, massive game on Saturday. Win it and can jumpstart a run uh, that changes our whole season. I hope Dinia plays. I hope he signs first and then he plays. I think we will see Coutinho. I. From a defensive point of view, I hope Dinho plays. But look, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't start on on, on Saturday. And I wouldn't be surprised if Coutinho didn't start on Saturday. But uh, we'll, we'll get on to that in a moment. Rob Henry makes a great point this year. We've lost five out of nine and we need to start winning. At the end mm. of the day, and Stephen Gerrard more or less said this as well. He goes, like, tough shit never made anything easier, you know? It's just the case of we need to start winning. Things need to start mm. getting back on, back on the track again. Yes, we have lost to, you know what I'm going to call traditionally uh, top teams. And that, that, and yes, you can use that as an excuse, but we could have drawn with Man City. We could have, uh, we could, we could have beaten United the, the last day. Chelsea were there, you know, we could have drawn or beaten Chelsea, you know, so we've put up some, and we've put up some abject performances against them, but still kind of found a way to cling on and hang on as well. So, um, Let's hope that, as you say, this little bit of a creative spark that we have in Coutinho is gonna is is gonna manifest yeah. itself into maybe that and, little uh, skeleton key up there that helps us to create and score chances because that's where we're going wrong. While you have that stat up on the screen, I'd also like to remind you that if we lose on Saturday, that's four in a row. <laughs> you know, that's pretty fucking serious at this stage. I'll be. Oh, yeah, are, are, are we talking about second, Gerard? <laughs> well, don't don't, don't <laughs> even geez, like. <laughs> Go away out of it. Basuma, oh, is the not... link true? I think the link is true. I, I'm going to say it. I'm, I, I'm, do I just come out and say it? I'm not too pushed. If we sign him, great. Don't get me wrong. Like, don't, like, like, I know he's a good player. I know he's a good player. I'm not pushed about spending 50 million on him, let's. And I don't care what his value could be in two or three years' time, which I've seen. I just don't know am I pushed about spending 50 million on him. Like if mm. you were to give me fifty million, I'm going down. To, I'm going to Turin to, to Juventus to look for Rodri uh, Rodrigo Betancourt, or I'm going to Bologna to look for Nicholas uh, Nicholas um, Dominguez. Uh, you know, like there's there's better players for fifty million. Is he playing in the league? Yes, he is. If we sign him, I, I fine. If we sign him, absolutely grand. That's all I'm saying. It's just if we sign him, great. If we don't, yeah. and we sign another player, great. Let's just see who comes in and let's see what... Like, he might come into our team and play shit in the, in the jersey. Hell knows it's happened before. Um, you know, so just saying, just saying. No need to have any panics about it. Just saying. 
I was afraid to say that because I know I'm going to get backlash somewhere, you know, <laughs> because he's not the only defensive midfielder in the world. And this isn't the going to Ethan, Jesus Ethan, you're just getting the ire because myself and Paddy are wound up with shot out of a cannon <laughs> at the moment. So apologies, Ethan, this isn't us. This isn't me saying anything about you. It was just kind of my commentary, I suppose, on Basuma. I have a piece coming out in Basuma. He does some really, mm. he does some brilliant things. Like, don't get me wrong, he's really, really good. Um, and you know what, Neil, if, if, I, if, we, if we go and spend 50 million on Basuma, that's... That's an enormous thing for our club. Oh, it's and a huge statement. I, and I, I certainly wouldn't rule it out the same way I wouldn't I didn't rule out Coutinho when, when we spoke about him the first time. I just think anything is possible here now. You know, we we we're we could potentially what's the release fee or 33 million, is it Coutinho in the summer? Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's between 30 and 40 yeah. or something around that. Yeah, 30 um, If he hits the ground running, that could be spent another 25, including the add-ons for Luca Dean. And then all of a sudden you're up to 100 million on three players. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I've got, I've got to preface it again. If we sign Basuma for 50 million, I'm still going to be as happy as anything else. I'm once again mitigating my own, my, my mm. own thought process and saying, if a player, if, if somebody like Papa Gay from, from Marseille comes in for 20 million, if Nicolas, Nicolas Dominguez, 11 Argentinian caps, one goal, who's absolutely tearing it up for Bologna. Maybe we went out, we saw him when we were looking at Aaron and Aaron Hickey. Maybe we were only ever looking at him and our scouts were there and Aaron Hickey was just a byproduct and people put two and two together because we had him in our in our uh, list of potentials previously. If something like that happens, you know, what I'm yeah. trying to say here is I'm going to take any signing on its merits based on... Yes, Basuma's plays in the league, he knows the league, everything like that. But if we were to bring in someone else, I think a central defensive midfielder is important. Um, but we spoke about it ourselves many times in text. I just think <clears throat> for 50 million, we could potentially fill that position and also buy another centre half. And that's that's me being me in Aston Villa that I've known for the last <laughs> whatever, whatever amount of time that I've been I've been uh, supporting them. But, you know, if, if we're going to step up and we're going to play big boy football, we're going to have to make signings like yeah. this and have yeah. that ilk. So it's absolutely within the realms of possibility that this could happen. So I'm, I'm definitely not ruling it out. Yeah, we signed a top defensive midfielder. You don't, you, you don't, you, you don't see Scott McTominay score that goal uh, against uh, that, that he did. Uh, you, you like. But then again, look, here's me playing devil's advocate with myself again. This is the problem with 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 with, with the way my brain works. Stephen Jarrett didn't play with a defensive midfielder in Rangers. You can call Glenn Kamara a defensive midfielder all you want, but he wasn't. Yeah. Uh, he didn't play with an out no an out no proper one hundred percent like Angolo Kante type. But then again, here's another thing: he's come to Aston Villa. I can guarantee you, he's tactic. He isn't playing exactly the same tactics as he did in Rangers, and you can see it in games. You can see when no. he changes up his tactics. I thought the like I thought that the Algazi substitution he made on Monday was questionable to say the least. Yeah. But when you look at where like when you look at the, at the at the average position points that they're in, we actually went wider when Algazi came on. So we almost went into more. We we ditched. The two tens, and we went into a more of an expansive game to try and get down the sides of them. And um, it didn't work, but we did change the tactic, and that's why he was brought. He was brought in, and and now he looks like he's on his way out as well to Everton on loan. Um, yeah. uh, at the moment, to probably balance the books from a wages point of view. Um, for for Lucadinho, who's going to come the opposite way. Yep. Just with regard to the central midfielder, I just I, th I think it's a position we have to get right and have to get it right that's now. It. Yes, because we're, we're like I alluded to it the other day with, with Coutinho coming in when we spoke about it. He's going to take an awful lot of pressure off those central midfielders. 
there's going to be someone sitting on him throughout the 90 minutes. They're, they're going to double up. We're going to have a jack situation because they are going to be afraid of their life of this guy. When, he fit, when he's fit enough to start, if that's the weekend, so be it. It'll be interesting to see. But our midfielders are going to have a whole lot more room to go and play football. So I yeah. think it has to be a proper ball-playing central midfielder that goes in there. Yeah, and, and, and as I say, I'm going to clarify it again because I know I'm going to get a million and one DMs over this. It happened last time as well. If we sign Basuma, well and good. But what I'm trying to say is he's not the only central midfielder, central defensive midfielder out there. And I, mm. I personally don't think the club are going to spend 50 million on him, no, I, could be I, I don't either. I don't. I said. I said. I don't think people are going to sign Coutinho either. This is literally <laughs> just me waxing lyrically. Um, and if we do well and good, you know. Well, mm. But you, as you say, Paddy, if we get it right, if we get it right, that like it could unlock an awful lot of things because no matter how good Coutinho is going to be up, be be up there, potentially he might like. There's this possibility he mightn't be, you know. But whatever happens there, we will file forward. A small bit, a small bit more now. You can see McGinn even doing it at the moment, but we need to anchor that base of the midfield. We really, really do. Um, and whether it's uh, a player that comes in and we push Douglas Luiz forward, or it's a player that comes in and pushes Douglas Luiz out of the team, or becomes a rotational player within the team, um, that's another question for another day. But there is a keystone at the bottom of that midfield now needed, and it's been needed for about two and a half years, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, anyway, we're we're well, well off piece here now at the moment. Uh, Carson White, um. Anyone saw Bailey in training for us today? I was hoping he'd make it for Saturday. I, I don't think he's going to make it for Saturday. I still but think I, he's a couple of weeks away. Yeah, I yeah. think he is. Yeah, but it's good to see him back in training. You know, I think that they will they will give him a long runway on this one because I it's think, the same, well, it's the same mean, injury for I the. Think, I think the bottom line is we now we now have cover and we now have people yeah. that can do damage. So if 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 I was if I was managing Leon Bailey at this stage, he'd be in a mini preseason and he'd be doing. Two or three weeks of solid hard work to get him up to speed. Uh, yeah, and it's the it's the exact same injury that he's gotten three times in six months, mm-hmm. uh, and that he's had the tie injury on top of it as well. It's like this is the same this is, this is the same hamstring injury he took into the Gold Cup. He got during the World Cup. Then he came and joined us. He got the tie injury when he scored against Everton, and now he's got the hamstring injury again. Uh, is he, that that's not to say he's injury prone? It just probably it just probably points to the fact that the, that the hamstring injury has been an ongoing issue for him. So if yeah. we don't see him again for three, four it's weeks. Still, it's something that needs to be managed. Uh, and we've said it so many times, there's a number of players in that squad that didn't have a proper preseason, And I, I put those injury problems down to that for him. So he arrived, he arrived fairly late in, in, into, into the equation. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, he, uh, you know, he'll get there. Uh, he'll be absolutely fine, but they, they'll manage this injury properly. And uh, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great to be flicking between Leon Bailey and uh, Emmy through Emmy Buendia, Emmy Buendia and uh, uh, Felipe Coutinho? So you know, when you when you look at that three into two there, and who knows? Maybe he'll play uh, one of them through the middle. Maybe he'll play uh, Leon Bailey through the middle. So I, I honestly don't know where else he's going to fit in. To be and, and and even when we think about this weekend. We we get we get onto it. We get onto it in a moment when we talk mm. about this game this weekend. But Ethan said that Leon Bailey was one hundred percent of training today. Um, I didn't yeah. see any of the training photos today. Um, I thought all but... the photos were they were just Philippe Coutinho. <laughs> yeah, but, Paddy, that's you have to look in the background. It's like it's like one of those games of Magic Guy. You know, when you stare at something long video, enough, and then the, the image I, appears. I never got a chance to look at the video. There was a video of his fifty six hours or something. And he was training, <laughs> so I, I didn't get to see it. Exactly. 
exactly. A um, couple of things there on VAR as well. Uh, uh, you know, Tony says here, uh, can I talk about VAR, how long it's been used, on a, uh, uh, how it's not being used properly or how the officials are making mistakes and speaking about the issue bluntly. VAR is working perfectly. It's being used to cheat. And I think Patty might have alluded to that uh, in his in his uh, <laughs> soliloquy. Um, Jason maintains that we're going to get screwed over by VAR on Saturday. I really hope not. I really hope not. But you know what? I, I don't not think on blood pressure I tablets. Think, I don't think we will. And I am on blood I pressure like. tablets. But I don't, I don't think we will. I think we are going to go for them bald-headed on Saturday. I think this is our time to shine. They're missing McTominay. They're missing... Uh, Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw. I, I think there's going to be a little bit of tinkering going on in there. And I think we're going we're to get Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire will probably be still mm. out. Uh, Dallas. Mm. Dalo will be out. Hello, Likely yeah. Sancho will be out. Um, mm. Ronaldo might mightn't be. Might there. be out. Might be yeah. out. Look, we're we're not it's, we're not without our issues either again as well on, on Saturday. Um, who's ordered their Coutinho shirt then? Me. I have. I got not me last <laughs> night. <laughs> I ordered one for my son last night. I got and a blank one for myself. <laughs> And your your nan's boyfriend, what a brilliant name, by the way. What a brilliant <laughs> name. Basuma, 40 million bargain in a few years, it'd be worth double. I didn't even see that when I said the Basuma would be worth double when I was going through. I'm not 100% sure whether we should sign him. <laughs> thing. If he is, look, if all this comes to comes to pass, great. I'm happy. I'm really happy to be happy to for that to happen. Um, I'm managing my own expectations as opposed to trying to be right. That's as well as that's what I that that's what I'm uh, what I'm talking about when I, when I said that about Basuma. Um, and says lads, loving this transfer window. Do you think it's from the Greedish money we have funds for these transfers? Or, uh, was that used on wages and running the club? How deep are these pockets? And that's a really interesting in, interesting question. I have been looking and studying and doing uh, another uh, video on. Contract amortization. Yes, indeed. So I have. So uh, I don't know where the money is coming from. I would imagine that there is still money from the Grealish, Grealish, uh, Grealish uh, transfer fee. Also, well, we, we, the we way broke this... even. We broke even in the last window, so we didn't technically spend anything in the last window. Well, well technically, oh. we didn't. Technically, we actually made a profit. Oh, we did make like, a profit. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when the accounts, like, depending on what. Okay, so yeah, depending on what what way the the contracts work out, we potentially made a profit because amortization takes in the cost of a player's contract over the the four or five years of a contract. So the club were being smart by signing, and I think we'll see that an awful lot more where players might have their deals re-upped every year. So that from a financial point of view, the club then can you know they they they, they can split a transfer fee like for for let's just say we do spend 50 million in Basuma you can split that transfer fee over the length of his contract also the wages are split over the length of his mm. contract as well so you can also then say that like there's a saving uh, over the length of that contract from wages and transfer it, it's 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 actual shysterism is what it is but it's it's an accepted transferring uh, accepted uh, way of way of doing transfers i'm going to have something coming out in it soon 5 or 10 minute video i found it really interesting um but uh, it's an interesting one for sure. But I I don't know where the money came from. I just wanted to keep rolling. You know, whatever leprechaun we killed at some stage and stole his yeah. pot of gold. Uh, hopefully, we we'll find his mother and his father as well and get theirs too. Yeah, um, we we know we know that the pockets are deep. It's, yeah, it's, it's a question now of how much they're they're going to want to spend. There was a there was a comment there, and I lost it. There was somebody asking about the, the inner city academy. Yeah, That's got to be paid for. as well. The north stand has to be paid for. 
Um, so, that, but that they could, that could be paid for outside of operating costs. Um, oh, cool! It could be paid for over fifty years. <laughs> I would, but that, and I would imagine that the stadium is owned by a separate company, maybe or something along those lines. That you've got holding companies and then mm. uh, operational companies potentially. I don't know anything about finance. I can barely run my own. My fucking yeah. credit card was skimmed the other day. I'm not the person to be talking about money to for sure. That's one thing for certain. But I do find it yeah. interesting and in trying to understand it. Um, and plus, uh, plus, we, plus, we sat there on a Tuesday night and bought Philip Coutinho t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> thanks a million, right, right. Thanks a million for for the for the super chat. Did I miss booing VAR yet? <laughs> you did. We had a bit of a rant at the start. Can't wait for the game. Very excited. It was a bit I, more I, than I, a boo, Rod. But thanks very it much. Was, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm expecting solicitors. We're expecting solicitors' letters potentially. Um, where are we there? Where did I go to? Um, sorry. The yeah, Paul, check out the player ratings from various stats providers. I think there might have been. I think there was something up with the stat with 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 statistics across the board and a lot of the betting providers and stuff like that over the course. I I don't know what the story was there, but I know there was game betting stats and stuff like that. So so I would never look at anybody's player ratings when you've got the likes of allegedly our own Dion fucking Dublin giving a Man United player man of the match when they were absolutely toxic for 90 minutes. I never even got onto him, did I? <laughs> yeah, look, we, we, we're gone from that. We're gone from that. Uh, we're gone for that. Um, where else are we there? Uh, I'm, I'm losing the losing the chats. Um, I'm losing the chats here, guys. There's so many of them there. And there's stuff there uh, as well about Basuma as well. So we'll, uh, we might get back to those in a moment. Uh, 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 right, Paddy, talk to me about Saturday. Let's do a little bit of a preview piece in it. We've we've rambled for thirty minutes, and yeah. that's long enough. Let's let's actually look at our notes and talk about that for some period of time. Do you have notes, <laughs> Paddy? It's all my my, my flippancy is all an act. I that's told you I'm only is. here. I'm only here like a right tent figure to keep you in check. You know that <laughs> <laughs> you are right. Yeah, and I, I'm happy. I'm happy out to be Ted Lasso. Absolutely. I tended to course like Roy Kent tonight when we were talking about VAR. So anyway, it's a load. It's a load. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it, it it's time to draw a line under last week, and the and the best way to draw a line under that is to go and bloody stuff them on Saturday, and I fully expect us to play play them off the park again. Um, we're obviously missing John McGinn. I fully expect to see Morgan Sanson get a run. I'm hoping he gets a run because I think he deserves it. Um, we need to see a bit more of him. Uh. Because we, we notice every time we've seen him, there seems to be a decent player in there. He just plagued with injuries when he started. So uh, I'm hoping he got a bit of a, a, a bit of a good training in because he's missed he's missed a few games. So um it'll be you know, we'll have a decent team out even without John McGinn. Um and then there's the opportunity to change it up. Hopefully we'll see Luca Dean in tomorrow, uh, on top of having Philip Coutinho to change up the team. So it won't be exactly the same starting and finish that was that was there at the weekend, that's for sure. Uh, or sorry, on Monday night. So um, I'm fully expecting a win. I'll, I'll hold judgment on on how good of a win when when we look at what the what team sheet comes out. But it's uh, so it's, it's all it's all. Uh, I reckon the players, to use your phrase, are going to go out with plenty of piss and vinegar on Saturday and get stuck into them. We're tight in the in the in the attacking options um, uh, and in midfield. 
uh, for this game. We're, we're, we're tied from the point of view. We don't have Elgazi. We don't have McGinn. We don't have Ashley Young. We mightn't have Ashley Young. Party and Trezeguet are gone. Yeah. We do have Carney, we do have Philogene Bedeis. He obviously, obviously trusted Philogene Bedeis to come on the other night. Uh, he looked lively. Um, there's plenty there. There's plenty there. I, I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm more worried about where we are at centre half because uh, I, I watched the under 23s performance the other night and Sil Swinkles and, and Lauren Fe- uh, Feeney. What's his first name? Young Warren on the Feeney bench. is someone completely different, isn't he? Yeah, from Northern Ireland. Yeah, Josh Feeney. Uh, Josh Feeney. They're still very, very raw, and I'd hate, I'd hate to, to, to have to have one of them step on up into that position. Don't get me wrong; there's plenty of potential there. They're just very, very raw, and and you know, there's potential there for a few bit brain farts, which you don't want when you're playing one of the greedy six. So, uh, I'm more worried about that position than I am about having to play one of the youngsters up front, completely okay with Carney, completely okay with Philogene Bedeis. Um, There's somebody else I've left, Cameron Archer's there. You know, Cameron there's there's plenty of options. Yeah. Uh, Watkins will probably start in that 10 role. With interesting, though, interesting. He did, he started on, on the right. right-hand side mm. against United. I don't know why that was. I wonder if that to pin back Luke Shaw. It didn't exactly work. Well, <laughs> we didn't even talk about Luke Shaw, who had four yellow cards offences before he got a yellow card. <laughs> well, but he anyway, won't be, he won't be playing against us the weekend anyway. So they were matter. they were a little bit uh, they were a little bit muddled. I thought in in the first 10, 15 minutes when 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 Dia was off the left and uh, and Watkins was off the right because they definitely weren't expecting that. And it's not alien to Watkins either, who did do it plenty of times for Brentford in the past. Oh, that's where he played. Like mm. that, that he played as right winger, which, to be honest with you, was one of the reasons why I was surprised why we were persevering when pushing him out to the left hand side. Um, considering mm. like that was that was facilitation for yeah, uh, for Amy Bindia. And but, but when, I, when I saw it, 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 it smacked of somebody who had said to me, had said to the manager, Listen, Gaffer, you know, I'm, I'm used to playing off the right instead of the left, let me have a go at that. You know, <laughs> that happens at Premier League level. It's not just from the league level that, that that kind of conversation happens. So uh I'm sure it would have been something they worked on in training to try to try and, and do something different. And for, for a stage, United were all over the place, they didn't know how to deal. Well, United were all over the place for most of the game. They were just defended in numbers and we and we and we had to work very hard to try and break them down, which turned out to be impossible. And and Emmy Bundia, I I thought like Emmy Bundia was very, very good. Um, against yeah. United, I thought he played well. I, and, he, and that's his second game in a row playing really well. Played well against Brentford, really finding his feet. So yeah. the fact that he was able to switch wings and still play well, and I think he was given more of a free role. And to be honest with you, all three of them were kind of interchangeable because there was times there in the first half where Danny Ings found himself out on the left hand side, and you just you'd look and you'd see Ali Watkins would would be in off his wing playing in that traditional te- in in the traditional nine role in there, and and Buendia was was further back in midfield. So there was times when they were given opportunity to kind of. Of fill into positions, so it was a bit more fluid and and, and less rigid than we we've seen before. It was, uh, but like for me, the and there is a question there. I'm I'm, I'm after missing it. One of the guys asked uh, about Ings and Watkins together. Uh, that's how it is. There, I, I don't know if they're improving, um, and the reason being, I don't like like everybody is talking about how oh, they can't play together. They're not really firing together and stuff. Yeah. 
you like the stability behind them hasn't been there from, or, and and the stability of the person playing up front with them hasn't been there mm. and, and as i say it's it, it, there's there has been a lack of stability in this team from the, from what team can go from week mm. to week um as we, well, we had so. we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago if you remember there was when uh, Ollie Watkins was left out of Brentford and there was speculation about him going to Arsenal and I said to you, I, I haven't seen any improvement in Ollie Watkins. If Arsenal want to sign him, let him sign him. We'll replace him. You know, he's one of those players I felt that could be replaced. He hasn't kicked on for me. Um, I think with Ings, regardless of how bad he's playing, if he gets into the position, he's going to, he's going to get you a goal. Ollie Watkins is not. He's, he, you know, he's a form player. When he's in form, he's brilliant. Um, you know, like he, he got into a great position the other day and completely fluffed his lines and whacked it against the bar. Albeit with a fellow pulling out of his shorts, but you know that's completely fine too when you're playing for the other team. Um, but it's it, for me, he hasn't pushed on since last year. Um, he was hot and cold last year too. Some days he was brilliant, and then he could go two or three games without doing anything. Whereas Danny Ings, I just think, will always give you the finish if the finish arises. So I, I think Danny Ings is important to be in that nine position at the moment, bearing in mind what we have available. Uh, Simon Dobson of the where is he right for again? He's a football journalist. Trainer. I can't remember who he writes for again. I, I did notice, I knew this 20 minutes ago and I can't remember it. Uh, says that Bazuma is still Villa's number one target after Dina. Jared wants him as soon as possible and believes he would improve the team massively. Brighton convinced he isn't leaving, but every player has a price. And I suppose another um another thing about that is that like we won't have him potentially playing for us before the fifth before the 10th of february so um that's another thing i was supposed to bear in mind you know it won't affect whether we want to buy him now or not yeah. but uh you know the potentially the the, the afcon doesn't finish until the 10th of february so if Mali get think, to the finals i uh did i did i imagine it or did my son tell me today that Bazuma was only on the bench well he had 100 passing stats anyway i don't think he was okay uh, maybe no somebody idea. else yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, talking about referees, Paddy. <laughs> Could you imagine the state of Paddy if what happened in the Mali and Tunisia match? I, I would not be here, Neil. I, I, I would not be here. I, I, would, I would be on a flight and hiring a, hiring a car and driving to Stockley Park myself if that happened in the Villa game. <laughs> oh, my God. So just to let you guys know, first of all, he gave a penalty. The penalty was saved. And then the ref blew the game up with only 85 minutes played. Then... He restarted, then everybody was remonstrating with him. He restarted the game. He sent the fella off and then blew up the game on 89 minutes before the game was finished as well a second time. So if you haven't seen, I'm sure you've seen it. It's been all over Twitter. It's been all over the, all over the media. Uh, pretty mad stuff. So I suppose, you know, we, we, we got it. We got it. Like, we weren't too harshly done by him. <laughs> that ref did. But, uh, couldn't disagree more. I thought Ali was immense first season. I'd have worked his arse off and would have scored more if always played as a nine instead of forcing him in with wings. With Mings. I agree with a bit of it. And there we go. I... There's two sides of the coin and everybody's entitled to their opinion and that's absolutely fine. And that's why yeah. I put it up, Ray. You're, you're, you're 100% right in what you're saying too, but is work rate enough? That That's the problem for me. The thing, I text you, Patty, and I text you and I said the one he had after crossbar was a horrendous miss. 
And I'm afraid it is, you know, like he should be putting those away. And uh, uh, look, he was under pressure. I know he was under pressure, but, you know, he should yeah. be, that, that should have been scored. I think we, mm-hmm. like, we're, and we're able to call him out. His work off the ball is brilliant. His work with the ball, like he, he'll take, uh, Dara headed up there somewhere um, that he, he hopes that uh, Maguire is playing at the weekend and that uh, uh, Ollie Watkins can take him on a tour of the pitch. And I think that's, that's what he brings to the team. You know, if he can improve mm-hmm. his finishing, like he's, he would be absolutely brilliant. He'd be a manager's yeah. dream, but his one-on-ones have been poor for, for 12 months now. And while that one wasn't specifically a one-on-one, he was c- cutting in across the six yard box and, you know, mm-hmm. he did, he was slipping and stuff. I know there's mitigating factors and stuff, but uh, slipping and oh, having, I, having, a, having a short pulled as well at the same time. So there is there yeah. mitig- mitigating factors. When he cut yeah. back in, if he when he was getting his short pulled, if he cut back in and flopped to the ground, a la Bernard, Bernardo Silva, do we get a penalty? I can think not. I think not. Yeah. And I think we have more and more memes or memes or whatever they're called, like we did against Trezeguet, except. Anyway, listen, look, we're going back into, into the depths of depression again, Paddy. <laughs> um, uh, there was something else there. Lads, uh, thanks so much, everybody, for the for the comments. By the way, if you haven't clicked on like on the stream on on YouTube, could you please do that? Really, really helps us out. Um, really does. It uh, helps us with them all algorithmic things that yeah. I, I I certainly don't understand anyway. Um, but we really really appreciate that. Uh, Paddy, on, at the weekend, um, like I suppose, look the big question: Does Coutinho start? Do you just start him regardless? Um, Is he too big not to start? He, no, nobody's too big not to start. I, I, no, but I, like I, the it, news and everything is... I think, is the... I think it will all come down to uh, how his fitness is. For me, the perfect scenario is we are struggling to break them down, 60 minutes on the clock. It's nil all, and he's brought on changes the game, you know. He, we know he can do it. He's he's a fantastic footballer. Um, that's how I envisage it going. I don't envisage it going nil all, but that's that's how I envisage his introduction to be at the weekend. I could be completely off the mark and the guy could be super fit. I've absolutely no idea. I've no idea how much training he was doing at Barcelona, how involved he was. But uh we we've got we've got fitness coach after fitness coach and and people looking at his stats and and uh um it's it's definitely a runner that he could start, um. But to me, I think the guys who started at the weekend and really put it up to Man United probably deserve a chance to have a go at them again. But that's the coach in me, as opposed to the, uh, it's the head overruling the heart. The heart is saying yes, get him in there, start him, put him in from the start, and let him run riot. Look at Dean's Instagram on his way. He's put it out on his Instagram. There you go. I don't know if you can see it. There is Luca Dean. Yeah, and Villa Report has just has just posted it on Twitter as well. And thank you to Leighton Lord Castle of Aston for giving me the heads up on that one. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, I don't I don't just randomly go on Luca Dean's uh, uh, Instagram in the middle of podcasts. You know, Paddy does say interesting things. So if anybody ever sees me, anyway. if anybody ever sees me just drift off looking at my phone and stuff like that, it's not because I'm the most ignorant man on the planet. I might be yeah. the most ignorant man on the planet, but I'm not. It's not because I don't think what Paddy's saying is interesting. It's because somebody's alerted <laughs> me to something happening on Twitter. Feed a small a bit like Fabrizio Romano rubbed off with me that time I interviewed him. That um, I feel like you know during transfer season that there's always something going on. Not that I know anything at all about anything at all. Um, well, how, how, refreshing, how refreshing is it, Neil, that we're on the twelfth of January, oh, yeah. one in, one on the way, two on the way. Not, of course, the, the, it's not like the old days of bringing someone in on the thirty-first and just 
bringing him in for the sake of it. He's getting his business done. Um, somebody said to me earlier, I don't know how true it is, but I'm going to throw it out there. We spoke about this in December ourselves. We didn't say it on the podcast. I fully expect him to go and sign Connor Goldson in the next few days as a backup. He's out of contract at Rangers uh, in the summer and we'll get him very cheap because they'll snap your hands off for a couple of hundred thousand, I'd imagine. So, uh, judging by what I was told today, I think that could be a runner. There you go, lads. Breaking news all over the place. Um, <laughs> and Kurt Smith, med- medical tomorrow. Um, that does look like it's going to be snapped up by... Um, or snapped up from... Uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Looks like we're going to sign him. Um, Connor Goldson. Yeah, I'll have more to say about that if it does materialize. Um, it'll just be it'll just be a backup, and and you know, we I, I said this to you in December that it would be a cheap backup if he trusts him. I think it's something he could go and do. And somebody normally very reliable said it to me today that it was in the pipeline. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, that would be fantastic. That would be absolutely fantastic. Um, oh, I had something else there that I was going to mention a moment ago. Um. Sorry about this forgetfulness. The child is sleeping through the night now, though, so this forgetfulness <laughs> should should dissipate over the next couple couple of weeks. That is Lovely exactly question. what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, I had a feeling be, but... you would not let a question go by about King <laughs> No, because actually, do you know what? It was really interesting because um, he's like, remember, was it? It was probably only about a year ago now that all of a sudden he he was, he was named on the bench, kind of out of nowhere. And he's had he's had a fantastic rise, and 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 his game against Swind, uh, game for Swindon against Man City, obviously didn't go unnoticed by St- by Stephen Jordan. He's been brought back, and what I do think he's going to challenge Matty Cash, as in he's not going to usurp Matty Cash and start between now and the end of the season, start over him every game. Sorry, should I say between now and the end of the mm-hmm. season? Um, but I think that like there have been games at times this year where Matty Cash has. I would go. To, I would go so far as to say that the game against Man United that we played in the cup there just on Monday night wasn't one that he would put in his highlight reel if he was going. No. If he was I, going, I'd go, to I'd go to Paris day and it was probably his worst. Yeah, but I don't. I, I, and and, and the target wasn't but target wasn't good either. Like tar, target, no. tar, I, 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 when I was doing my my left back uh, kind of comparisons and and the, the the how target defends against the dribble. Um, that was just so evident on Monday because they, they nearly got past him every time or, or he was too far up the field and mm. he was beaten far up the field and, and, and he was left tracking back. Now, once again, we're not digging him out. I still think he potentially starts at the weekend and that's fine. He's very, very capable left back, but we you do need positions that you do need people to push them because it's a really energetic position. You need to be pretty on the ball like in, from an energy point of view and it's a long season. You know, it's a long season as a professional footballer. So you need to have players that can come in there and give Matty Cash a break. Maybe take, like, we haven't been able to take our fullbacks off if they're having a bad game. No, while Ashley Young we, we've, been only ever taken, we've only taken them off when they were injured. Against, uh, against West Ham. Man City, I think he came off as well, didn't he? Yeah. Matt you Target. know, so there's, uh, exactly. So like, they're going to, and, and and as I say, it's one of the, one of the the positions. No, it's not like uh, it's not a position you push someone out into to hide them. 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, I know everybody has knows about that. You're playing under 14, under under 16 football, and a fella arrives on, you throw him in right back to keep him out of the way. That's not football anymore. There need to be some yeah. of the most energetic players now to get right up and right back yeah. down the wing again. So but, give them going, a break. But going back to it's the important. question, if 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 Steven Gerrard trusts him defensively, I think with the addition of uh, Coutinho, with the addition of a central defensive midfielder, I think Kane Kessler-Hayden will offer more going forward than Matty Cash. Defensively, I think Matty Cash might be a bit better. And it's funny that we're, we're talking about this and we spoke about Matt Target, considering that Matt Target looked like a guy who was going to be replaced this week. Because if you're if you're asking me, does, does Luca Dean start on, on Saturday? That's a bigger possibility than Philippe Coutinho. But again, we, we, it's down to fitness. Uh, I don't think Luca Dean has played in a few weeks either because it was a falling out there, wasn't there? Yeah, I think Luca Dean basically told Rafa to get stuffed. Mm. Um, I found it interesting. Michael Ball was on Talksport. I'm going to say Talksport. Usually, that's where these guys rock up. He was on Talksport <laughs> uh, this morning uh, or last night, and he basically accused Luca Dean of being mentally weak. Um, which is, to be honest, I, and I'll be honest with you, I, I, I think it's an actual scoreless thing to, 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 to say about any professional footballer um, without any any oh, basis or relevance at all. Like, basically, he turned around, like, he said he was unprofessional, he's mentally weak. And I don't know. Look, I'm not standing up for him. I don't know what went on, but I just I just think it's something that's, oh, like, words mean nothing. It's like, 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 myself and Paddy have war. The only time I ever get cross with Paddy is when he says things like, they wanted it more than us. That makes my eyeballs burst. That phrase because it's it you can't argue against it and you can't argue for it. It's a complete not our opinion piece. Anyway, that's beyond it. That's beyond the point. I I'll only rise myself now if we start talking about it. but stuff like that. Oh, he's mentally weak. How that, the hell that, do you know? That's a terrible statement weak? to make because if 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 what if what we're told is true, I actually think it's the complete opposite. Because I've I've said for many many years, Rafa's a spoofer. Anytime I listen to him talking, he talks absolute shite. He's watching a different game to everyone else. So if you, if you, he's too, he's 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 been too successful to be a spoofer, Paddy. No, he's a spoofer. He's a spoofer. I, I don't know. Who, who I think... a spoofer as well. <laughs> I don't know. I I think I think I think Benitez is too has been too successful to be a spoofer. Uh, do I think that he? Do I think he's he's uh, overly confident? Yeah, maybe. I think only in later life, I think so. But I think Julia became overly confident as well in later life. And, and you know, there's that's well documented about how uh, he didn't give a shit about some players at the end. And we're not speaking ill of the ill of the dead, but remember the, the, the Richard Dunn thing about what, what, he, what he did to Richard Dunn, who was his own player, you know, mm. so uh, little things like that. But, yeah, look, I, I, no, I suppose... You um, You're allowed to say it. <laughs> yeah, but still, but still, like I, I, I haven't forgiven him for his little shitty dance he did after Thierry Henry handled the ball. That's either, what so. I'm talking about. Richard Dunn hasn't forgiven him. <laughs> never. Oh, he did. He did other stuff for Richard, and Richard Dunn wasn't totally blameless either. Yeah, he, I know. He, uh, yeah. he loved to have the party too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so um, we're we're not we're, we're we're starting to answer questions and then coming up with our own completely <laughs> off topic questions. And this this has been the most yeah. disjointed podcast I've ever done. I do apologize to everybody for that. Um, Paddy, as I say, Saturday, what like they come to Villa Park? It could be the first time we do the double over them in my lifetime. Mm. I'm thirty, going on. Th- I'll be thirty seven 
in April. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm only I'm only going to be 37. Look at the cut of me. Yeah, I know that's what people are saying the other end. Yeah, look, watch him with his grey beard. He's only 26. I, I just think Christ. it's disgraceful that you're younger than me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are saying like that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But like, then you know, again, I'm there was I'm only there was a picture up on Twitter today with Ronaldo and he's top off and then Rooney beside him and it was like uh, Rooney's Rooney's younger than Ronaldo or something along those lines or Rooney is just two months older than Ronaldo or whatever and Rooney looks older than me at this stage you know so uh, look, looks older than I do should I say he's got more grey in his beard but um, so a bit of that going on but I've never seen like Man United have never done the do or we've never done the double over uh, Manchester United. I, I I'm going to go so far as to say we haven't done it in my lifetime. Uh, not that I can remember. Just a quick one: is is he eligible for Saturday? Once he signs by twelve o'clock on Friday. On Friday. He's eligible for Saturday. Yeah, he's eligible for Saturday. Yeah. And I would um, imagine I'd imagine set your watches for before noon tomorrow. I'd imagine oh, yeah. we're going to see something like nine or ten o'clock tomorrow with him. I think so. I in think the pitch. Yeah. Is it in the in the shirt on the field? Isn't that um, what are we playing Saturday? So tomorrow will be, um, yeah. So the, the it'll, it'll be a full, it'll be a, a full enough session, uh, and then tactics in the afternoon. So there'll be plenty going on and around the training ground, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, I, I certainly can't remember us doing the double. Uh, I think we beat them in the cup and the league one year uh, when Gabby scored. Uh, other than that, I can't. I, I, Actually, that that was way before that. The, the when we beat them in the cup, I'm talking back in the nineties, maybe uh, the the league cup. I mean, um, so I, I certainly I, I I have never seen us beat Man United in my lifetime in in the flesh, and I won't see them at the weekend because I've completely given up going to watch the greedy six, um, unless I have to. So uh, <laughs> my good my good friend is sitting in, in my seats at the weekend. So. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm back to planning again now that we don't need a, a PCR or an antigen test to, to travel. So uh, our old COVID certificate is enough. So I'll be back over in a few weeks, I hope. I've seen comments come in on Twitter about my age. I'm going to have to shave the beard down because it's not usually <laughs> as bad as this, everybody. Okay, right? And yeah, look, it's just after Christmas, okay? And a few pounds don't do me any favours either, okay? Right? But if anything, you guys have have forced me out to try the roads again. And uh, when I get over to Villa Park, and I'm hoping to get over there twice before the end of the season minimum, uh, when I get over there, I'm more svelte and less grey-bearded. Uh, can you get a cap for your beard? Do you know where I wore my hat the last day? Can you get a hat for your beard, maybe? Or a mask. Or a mask. Oh, the masks are the enemy of the beard, really, because the mask only comes down to about here, and the beard comes out like this around it, and it looks it looks like an octopus, you know, with the beard coming out like that. So, it, um, yeah, um, yeah. Look, this this is this has been a a different type of podcast tonight. Just diet, just diet. I get I get way more stick if I yeah. Uh, could you imagine if, you, if I came in with a with a with a darker beard? Hey, that's nothing nothing different here. <laughs> Yeah, nothing different here. No, I didn't uh, see the comment. I thought he was telling you to go on a diet, Neil. I was going, that's a bit hard. <laughs> yeah, with that too. That, yeah, that too. That's, I think that's a double-ended, uh, that's a double-ended um, uh, comment there. Uh, <laughs> well, it's uh, it's because I come across as very wise. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's uh, I like that. I like that one. Um, it's the lighting, lads. It's the lighting that does it. Don't worry about that. Um, I, know, I know you're going to wrap it up shortly, but I, I think people enjoyed the... The, the rant and the banter so uh, yeah if, if you did thanks very much and, and enjoy it because 
you know, sometimes you have to make it a bit lighthearted after going on the rant for 25, half an hour. <laughs> yeah. And, and look, as I say, we were, we, we kind of consciously made decision. Yeah, the Irish head neck, I'd like that. All right, yeah. Um, I'll give the, get, get working on my stare downs. Um, but look, we could have came on after on Monday night and we would have been shot out of a cannon. And, and you know what, like, I think I would have regretted doing a podcast if I did it Monday night, just, um, no. but tonight was, one just to be smart a bit more and look we were after we were a bit off the wall with, with with some of the stuff as well but it just like it was an egregious decision i think yeah. um and, and we won't relitigate it again but we've got an opportunity to make amends straight away on saturday um and against manchester united in our patch again uh in our patch on, on saturday and i hope so we do because we do have yeah. hopefully we'll have luca dean tomorrow it'll be announced tomorrow and um, we'll have Coutinho, hopefully, and whether they start or whether they come off the bench, at least it will be positive for the team. Um, you know what I'd like to happen on Saturday, Neil? I'd, yes. like I'd like to finally have an occasion where we can come on after the game, which we haven't done in so long, and open Crack the open can. The can. Yeah. <laughs> I was only thinking about it today. I was I was making a cup of coffee this morning. And I turned around. I turned around to my better half, and I and uh, I said to her, I was I opened up the the press and I saw the pint glasses at the top of the press. Now and, and I turned around and I went, I haven't drank doing a podcast in a while, in a long while. It could be over a year like that. And then she goes, Yeah, she goes, and I wouldn't if I was you either. And I went, No, I guess I'd love to. I'd love to beat United. I actually said that. I said if we beat United, no, I. I, I crack open a bottle or something like that on, on, on the podcast. But yeah, we bring that back. We bring Absolutely. that back, Paddy, for sure. Um, Carmack, thanks a million, Carmack, for the for uh, the super chat. Did we get a prediction? I'm going to give a prediction because I know Paddy's become allergic to predictions prior to seeing the team sheet. I'm going to say Aston Villa will win 2-1 based on my wise beard. You'll, you'll have to you'll have to wait for mine on Saturday, Cormac. But I can tell you now that we are going to win on Saturday. I will determine. I will determine the scoreline when I see the team sheet. But I think we're going to win on Saturday, and I think we're going to play them off the park again. And I think it's our time for a bit of luck. They can't do us two weeks in a row. <laughs> uh, Lucas Dina put out a statement on Instagram here. It says, yeah, so Dina has said, just before we go, we might as well read that one out. Um, <laughs> so I, it's Lucas Dina put it out. So he said, uh, thank you for three and a half years in blue. From day one, the Evertonians have received me with a lot of warm feelings, and I am forever thankful for that. I have uh, loved to be part of the Everton family. I have always worked hard to give back to the fans on and off the pitch. I have loved the unity of fans and players, not only Goodison on a match day, but also in everyday life. Only one year ago, I signed a new contract with the ambition of staying in this club for a long time, giving everything to my club for the development and project that I believed in and for the passionate fans. My dream was helping the club back where it belongs. Wearing the captain's armband in some matches always made me proud. Uh, that's something that we've overlooked and we've discussed him as well about the leadership factor as well. Yeah. Um, everything must come to an end. I just did not expect it to end this way. What has happened and some of the things that were said about me in the last month has made me very sad, but I will not enter a war of words with anyone. The club doesn't deserve that. The fans don't deserve that. And to be honest, I don't feel I deserve that. There are so many good and decent people in and around Everton who want, uh, who want to, who want to the best for the club and uh, not only for themselves. And to them, I can only say from the, from uh, my heart, I wish you the best. Thank you to all the wonderful, proud and passionate true Evertonians. It's been an honor and a true pleasure to play for you, the fans, the people, because a club d 
do not belong to a player or a manager, but to the fans. I will always carry you with me in my heart wherever I go. Sometimes it only takes one person from outside to destroy a beautiful love affair. All the best to Everton and Evertonians. Blue love heart. You see, I I I like that kind of statement. I, I think I think that shows great passion in a guy. And, and I think it shows mental weakness, Paddy, and fragility. Yeah, it no? definitely doesn't show mental weakness. That that takes a pair of balls to come out and say those things. And, you know, I, I've a, I, I don't generally have a soft spot for other clubs. I have a soft spot for Everton. So I, I've, 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 a good, I've a good friend who's a season ticket holder there. And back in the day when I was a single man with no kids, I would go over regularly, especially when they played Villa. And I had some amazing days out there. Um it's it's a friendly club. It's very similar to our own. The fans are great. I just I, I just think Rafa and the owners there are just capable of destroying that, that. Like, well, don't get me wrong. The one that was there before didn't do a particularly good job either. But I just think it's been run very badly. And you know, you, you can't you can't come out and criticize players. And I, I just think Rafa was very unfair. And he was the unprofessional one for sure. I I I'll be honest, with you, I haven't a clue what went on. I have no idea what went on in that. Cl- what went on with regards to that? So I think I think it's blatantly obvious that he's not. He's not. Uh, oh, he just he's, he, he's falling out with Rafa. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like, like do, is is that a case? Like, like you talk to some Everton fans. Let's say he's their be- he was their best player, and yeah. you know it's it's a case of did Rafa just go for the try to cut the head off the snake? You know, and, and I'm probably I'm using the wrong analogy there, as if there was something wrong with the, with the team, but. Maybe that's what happened. It just it just smacks to me that that he couldn't cope with with, with Dean's personality. That's that's what it, it it comes down to. He seems like a, a hot head. We we know he's capable of of flying into tackles and stuff like that. And you know he's outspoken. So uh, he's look it's done and dusted now. We, we, there's no going back after a statement like that. Dara wants to know why I just don't marry Everton. <laughs> why we don't marry Everton? <laughs> uh, marry Everton. There is a resident Liverpool spots. fan. You're, yeah, you're allowed to have a soft spot for Sometimes that changes. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a soft spot for Arsenal under Arsene Wenger. I used to like watching him play. But that changes very quickly. And it's changed for me for Everton. I couldn't be arsed watching them now. As you say, we're at, we're Villa fans. We're, we're entitled to be as fickle as we absolutely want. Absolutely. We wrote it on bed sheets. Yeah, you know we've written we've wrote we've written it in bed sheets as well before. So, yeah. so we're but I'm, I'm I'm not fickle. I just don't like Rafa. <laughs> and we didn't like, yeah, we didn't like a, lot, a couple of other people before that as well. I didn't, I didn't like David O'Leary either. And yeah, I didn't like David O'Leary. A lot of people, funnily enough, um, when I went over for the Watford game, I was what game did I go to? Jesus, blood. The, oh, the Wolves game. Four people in the pub that night asked me what I thought of David O'Leary. What's that, 20 years later? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, right, lads, we're going to leave it there because it's half past ten. Uh, it's been, as I said, I used the word at the start of it. I said that, that it's cathartic to come on and talk on a podcast. Um, it's, it's put me in a lot better form about the game, uh, about, about Monday night. Still a bit bit sour. Like, I'm going to call it sour is what I was uh, this morning about the whole game of football, essentially, even though we'd signed Coutinho in the meantime, officially signed him and stuff but uh feel a bit better now after having a bit of a laugh and a joke about it and just getting stuff off the chest hopefully you guys feel a bit better about it as well if anybody was feeling down the dumps um it's a fucking strange game the way it does that to you isn't it every sport in general is strange the way it does that mm. to you you know um and and maybe maybe it shouldn't but uh it does and and uh maybe it's just the times you live in as well but um as i say if anybody enjoyed this podcast you know, like that, 
we hope you enjoyed it, I suppose, really, is what, I, what I'm trying to say. And if you did, just hit the like button in the bottom of the podcast as well. It really helped us out. We, I am going to make probably an announcement that may not be good for some people. People may not like it. We may not have a team sheet tantrum on Saturday. Or, or it, might be, it might be just one of us. <laughs> or we may. So we may or may not have a team sheet tantrum um, on, on Saturday. Uh, potentially both of us could be uh, could be traveling somewhere and uh, it, we may not have anybody to drive from the mothership. So uh, potentially we may not have it, but we will let you know. It'll be out on, on, on socials and social media to, to let you guys know. And uh, as I said, we will endeavor to have a team sheet tantrum on, on Saturday. But um, thanks, everybody, so much for uh, for checking in. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening, if you're listening to this afterwards. Um, don't listen. To, it's probably too late to say this now, but this isn't one for the kids, I don't think, the, 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 the swearing that we've done in the podcast. <laughs> but look, they're going to learn it from somewhere anyway. You can blame uh, Uncle Paddy and Uncle Neil if that is the case uh, for, for teaching them uh, all Same that language. Kent. Exactly, Roy Kent. But until uh, un- until the weekend, guys. Hopefully you stay safe. Hopefully everything goes your way over the next few days. Hopefully we see Luca Dean in the Clarendon Blue, and uh, you never know. We might see one or two other players. The way things are going, it seems to be. Uh, it seems to be very, very much so. Um, a game of uh, the hockey, hockey, one in, one out at Aston Villa at the moment, and 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 uh, as long as the team is being being strengthened, long may it continue. Have a great few days, and we will hopefully be back to you on Saturday for a team sheet tantrum. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.